Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 17 of ABC on Pittsburgh Sports. Michael Andonisio, Tom Bradley, and me, Mark Clementi. Episode 17. Wow. Yeah. Week of May, whatever this is. We're recording on May 26th, Thursday night, just FYI. It seems like two weeks because we did last week's episode. So early. On Monday, yeah. yeah. Right after the Penguins. But and since it is May 26th, I want to say happy birthday to my mom. She couldn't spell podcast, let alone listen to it. I figured out how to listen to one, but... She can't say it's, it's out there, so she can't say that I didn't say Hey, it. and I reminded Tommy, so I, I, I'd like to take a little credit for that. You can take all the credit you want. She'll never okay. hear this. So that's right. That. So that's why I figured I could say it. I don't want to put you in a bad light with your mom, but some shout-outs early on here, right? Michael, yeah, you so have I, one, too? I want to give a shout-out. We got a, a lo- local young lady, uh, Ellie Zanikos. Um, she plays softball for Franklin Regional's uh, eight, eight-year-old team. And uh, she was listening to the podcast with her grandfather, and he told her that I was doing the podcast and wanted to know if we would talk about her girls' softball team. So I didn't want to just talk about it, so I went out and seen her play last night because you know me, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tell you if you can't play, you can't play. She actually, this is true. Michael will say that about eight, nine, ten year old girls. Yes, I. I he has no qualms. Yeah, I'll tell you to pick up a no tuba qualms. or a trumpet right. or something or, you know, go join, you know, the, right. the world. Girl Scouts, Girl Boy Scouts, whatever. It, yeah. whatever. But I uh, went out there a game last night and uh, she played well. She had three uh, solo putouts at home plate nice. in one inning and she made three putouts at first base. Uh, so she can play a little bit. Uh, How's the stick? The stick, stick is play? not bad. Yeah, okay. she, she had four hits last night. I mean, nice. you know, and then uh, she she wanted her favorite position's first base, and uh, she wears number nine on her in-house team, and Ellie wears number sixty-six on her travel team. And she's okay. not sure why she wears sixty-six. Wow, well, I mean, come on, there's only one her, sixty-six. Her dad's a huge hockey fan, Minas yeah. Zanikos. So I'm, I'm assuming I'm sure. he picked the number four for her travel. Team. Good choice, Minas. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep tabs on her during the season, and then maybe we'll give her another shot up. But I'm I'm glad that uh, she wanted to be part of the podcast. So uh, nice. Con- All right, congratulations well, and uh, good luck the rest of the season, Ellie. Nice. Congrats, Ellie. Tommy, you had your shout out. Michael had yours. I just have a quick one. Last Saturday night here, brushes and beans, we had. Jake Zelinskis, Jimmy Medore, our boy Nick Patty, and special guest Jared Wayne. And I will tell you, of course, I'm a big, huge Pitt fan. Everybody knows that. But meeting Jared for the first time, this kid's a class act. Talked to everybody that was here, very humble. Uh, so just a shout out to those guys for coming out last Saturday night. They could be doing a million other things, and they were here with us, spending some time, spent time with everybody that was here, had some good conversations, and took pictures, and Signed some autographs. Nick even did. It was really cool. Like, we have a Bob football bobblehead piece. Yeah. That a, a, one of the kids that was here painted. Nick did his autograph on it for him. So, uh, good time last Saturday night. So, shout out to all the Pit Boys uh, for being here uh, last Saturday. Really appreciate it. They'll be back sometime in June. We're finalizing the date on that for a Hail to Patty Day. Um, can't say Pit with Nick because of the NIL deals. But, uh, so anyway, that's that. So that's my shout out for the week. So boys, why don't you? Th- why don't we start out with uh, the Buckos? Let's talk a little Pirates. They're the only team in town currently playing. So we'll start out with them. I'll just get us going. I, I just and I could use this for the rant later, but I'll just I'll bring it up now. So general manager uh, Charrington there was uh, over the weekend. He did his normal Sunday show with Greg Brown, and in typical Pirate fashion, I don't know what it is, but I think when you step into those offices on whatever that is, Federal Street, whatever the hell they are, you put a stupid hat on. I don't know if you guys saw the comments that he made, but they were condescending. They were arrogant. Uh, they made no sense. He was talking about the strategy they're currently employing at the major league level. I don't know what the hell he's talking about. Uh, obviously, the record is what it is, uh, but I don't I don't see the strategy and how they're deploying players. I see them using players that they shouldn't be deploying. Um, to begin with, he had to backtrack, of course, in typical pirate fashion. Uh, on Tuesday, he came back out to clarify some of those remarks. Still didn't do the job for me. So my whole point, it, they, he just they continued instead of instilling faith as they're undergoing a rebuild. Every time they open their mouth, they say, and you just shake your head, and, and they, it's like they take two steps back. Yeah, they take one step forward and two steps right. back. Yeah, um, you start to see some positive things. I mean, obviously, 
this week, you know, Rosny Contreras came up to start his first game of the season. I mean, I know he had a start last year with the last series mm -hmm. of the season. He pitched three innings, but this was really his first major mm -hmm. league start. And he did disappoint. He pitched five innings. He gave up three hits. He struck out five. Um, the slider in the fifth inning. Oof. I mean, in, in the funny yeah, part. Yeah, he didn't have grasp with the first four innings. No, he, he and that's the funny part. But... He was getting guys out with a fastball. Mm -hmm. He didn't have another pitch. And so that's why, like Tommy's point has always been, I want to see the young guys. Mm -hmm. So now you're starting to see the Jake Zawinskis, uh, Jack Zawinski. Mm -hmm. um, you're starting to see Cal Mitchells. You're starting to see Rodolfo Castro. Um, we've been beating a drum for Michael Chavis for how long now? He's still not in the lineup every day. Now, we know the, the elephant in the room, and this is one thing I wanted to ask you, Mark, because you worked in television, mm -hmm. and you were in the media. Mm -hmm. it, 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 why in this city is the media not accountable for what – they're asking questions, and I stayed up the other night, the 2-1 the loss when Contreras started. I stayed up to listen to Derek Shelton's post-game press conference just to see if anybody would ask Shelton – what is your contingency plan at first base? Because Toshogo's not working out. I mean, he's hitting 175 with two home runs. One of them was off Yachty or Molina, so that doesn't count. And he has one double. I mean, he plays a The other night he was over position. four or three strikeouts. Three strikeouts in that game. What is your contingency plan? Are they going to keep just running him out there? When you have other options, you can play Chavis at first. I mean, I'd even rather see Ben Gamble play first than, than Toshogo. Right. At this point, just release him. Like you said, is there accountability in, in every aspect of the organization? And right now, I don't see it. No, to answer your question about the media, no, of course, they. I mean, that, that question should be asked. But oftentimes, especially after a game, they have the idea in their head what the game story is going to be and what they want to write, and that's what they ask about. So for whatever reason, Sutsugo wasn't at the top of their mind. They weren't going to write about him because he went over four or three strikeouts. So I'm, what, but listen, I'm not making excuses for him. I mean, that, I think that's low-hanging fruit and should be asked. But I think oftentimes that's what happens, right? So they're watching the game. They get an idea for the game story and what they want to write, and then they ask questions for that story. But when you're listening to a post-game press conference, I watched the game. They had five hits. And Toshogo goes 0 for 4 with three right. strikeouts. So that is part of the game. So is it that they get – they get blackballed in the in the locker room if they ask a a, a question that is too tough for for a manager to answer. No. That, that it just frustrates me that nobody brings this up. Like it's it it. I mean, it's the big elephant in the room. I will tell you. I, I think there's some trepidation. I have a story to when I was in the media, and this is when Pete Vukovic. For those of you that are Pirate fans, for Pete Vukovic, Clue Haywood from Major League, was the pitching coach for the Pirates. This is classic, and a, a local columnist. I'm debating whether or not I want to name him or not. Um, wrote a scathing article about, oh, I can't remember who the pitcher was. Damn it. Um, criticizing him. Right? So we're all in the locker room. This was the early morning availability they had before the game. And Voot comes into the locker room screaming for this guy that wrote the article. And I think that that column the shit his pants and then went up to Vuk. And Vuk reamed him out because this columnist did not get the whole story of the pitcher. I can't I wish I – Brian Fisher maybe. I mean, we're going back, obviously. Uh, it may have been Brian Fisher was someone who was trying to pitch through pain for the team. He had shoulder issues. He was trying to pitch through them. Thus, the issues he was having on the mound, and Vukovic just ripped into this columnist. And so I think, you know, it, it, you got to do your homework before you ask those types of questions and rip somebody for fear that they may have an injury or something along those lines and they may be going out just because they have to go out. Um, but other than that, I see no reason why that question should have been asked. Yeah, and I mean, as far as, you know, I started paying this past week, you know, my my, my Penguins were eliminated, so uh, I have to watch something. Unfortunately, the Pirates are, 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 are in right now. That's the list, unfortunately. So, but you know, I started watching, you know. You could and, watch USFL. Yeah, well, no thank you. I'd rather watch no, it doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, I you know I, the the week leading into this again. Uh, we're a week. You know, we're right. it's been ten days since our lot our last podcast. So last week the Cardinal series I watched mm -hmm. a lot of, and they you know again the Cardinals just own us. Yeah, you know, they, just, yeah. It's 
ridiculous. Well, and thankfully they had that game Sunday because that precipitated some of the changes that we saw earlier this week. Well, and that's the one thing that gives me some hope. I mean, Huntington, you know, I I think part of the rules with Huntington and and the old regime as far as being called up is that when you had to have a kid that went into first grade, that once that kid went into first grade, you were old enough to then be called up to the majors. It seemed like all their quote-unquote prospects were 28 by the time they got here uh, because, God forbid, we start that clock early. This regime at least seems to be a little quicker on the trigger. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know what precipitated the, 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 the sudden call up of uh, Contreras and DeSanto, DeSantos. That's De Los Santos. De Los Santos. Yeah. And I apologize to his mother for messing up his name. But, I mean, you know, it's nice to see that, okay, he's going to talk to talk. I get what he's saying. Mm-hmm. The stuff that Shelton's doing, I see what they're trying. They're trying something. They're not just rubber stamping the same lineup. They're not just beating their head off the wall saying, oh, this is going to change, you know. So that part of it I like to see. But, the, you know, the, the, the Josh Van Meter, the, the evil quarterback from Texas, high school quarterback, um, you know, and, and Shisuga and the softball player. I mean, a softball player has some value. I mean, he seems to yeah. be a nice guy. Right. I mean, like, he's always got his hat on sideways, and he seems to be telling jokes, which apparently is fine. And his numbers are okay. Good for the clubhouse. Yeah, right? I mean, that's fine. You need a guy like that around, but – um, I like to see the fact that they're starting to, you know, Heath Hembray. I mean, yeah, you know, the next really? time he comes to BNP and see Park, he should have to buy a ticket to get in. And some other guys, I mean, I like to see them clean up. Okay, he took a shot on some of these guys. You know, that's uh, not working out. Okay, let's just bring up the young guys. We're going to lose at least, at least, right, let's yeah. lose young mm-hmm. and let's start to let's start to weed this out because we talked about this early on in a few podcasts. This isn't necessarily the high end guys. These aren't the guys. That are going to be batting, you know, two through six in the next time that the Penguins or Pirates are pushing for a playoff. These guys are still fringe prospects, I think. And the Diego Castillos that we talked about, the Michael Chavises, those guys are fighting for a spot to get into that conversation when the big guys get here. You know, uh, the Gonzalez, Pagera, you know, O'Neill Cruz. When those guys get here, Henry Davis, Henry, Henry Davis. Davis, these spots, Gorski, who we're going to talk about here in yeah, a minute. These spots are going to be, you know, thing. And, you know, and, and Cal Mitchell was nice. He earned a spot. Right. He wasn't on the forty yeah. man. He earned a spot. Mason Martin, who we've talked about a lot, he's not on the forty man. Right. He's got to earn a spot. So somebody has to go. And I understand. Even they've invested, you know, what a million bucks, two million bucks in Satsugo. You know, I mean, you know, to to Notting, that's you know four billion dollars. So, you know, I mean. I can guarantee you if they cut him, the, the price of beer is going to go up double next week because we got to get some of we got to recoup some of that. Sixteen dollar yeah, nothing's We're not nine fifty. Yeah, the ice cream bars are sixteen dollars now. If you want a beer, it's eighteen dollars if you bring your own cup. So, I mean, that's what we're dealing with when it comes to nutting. So, I get that there's going to be we're going to push that envelope as far as we can. But you know, it's nice to see that I think Charrington is doing something to rectify some of the problems that you know. It's getting to be a little embarrassing. So hey, let's see. Let's let's we're gonna lose. Let's lose young and see what we got. The here. one the one good thing you're seeing though is when you, they're bringing them up. Like mm-hmm. when Neil Huntington would bring guys up. They, they play once or twice a week. Well, right. a young guy can't sit on the bench. They brought Cal Mitchell up. He he showed up at PNC. They gave him a uniform. He was right in right field. Mm-hmm. You know, against a left-handed pitcher. You know, and uh, so it's at least they're playing the young guys. Rodolfo Castro, they're going to make some mistakes. He's made a couple mistakes at short, and you're like, oh, geez. He overslid the bag the other night, got his hand stepped on. I'm thinking, what the hell? But I, like I said, I'd rather see the mistakes from the right. young guys. That's how they learn. Because at this level, I don't care how long you play in triple A. At the major league level, the game moves 10 times as fast as it does at triple A. I mean, you're, they're the best of the best. And that's the only way to learn is, is, is on-the-job training. Yeah, and it's nice to see too that some of the you know we've we've joked constantly about the punch cards. Everybody has to play nine positions to be able to be a pirate. Well, if it, um, he mentions that one more time with O'Neill Cruz that he wants to see him in the outfield, and he more. still hasn't played the outfield. Yeah, there. I mean, I, oh, he did. He played one game. One game. Did you see yeah, that? One oh. game. Stop. Yeah, the dude's a shortstop. Please. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't need that. I'm no I'm no professional athlete or, or professional scout. But I, I watched Diego Castillo in right field one time for one inning, and I realized that guy should be out there. He, I mean, right, you put him in a position to fail. Yeah, right. I mean, you're giving. And then what they don't understand, what guys don't understand is, you know, when you're when you're struggling on one side, it's going to affect yes. both sides. So if you put a kid like that out in right field who's not a right fielder, he's never played out in right field, and then you're going to ask him to not only do that, but then come in and be a major league hitter and learning how to be in the major leagues hitting. That's a lot to ask of these young guys, and it's and you know. 
you, you like you said, Michael, you have the solution. Michael Chavis can play first base all the time. Mm-hmm. Diego Castillo can play shortstop all the time. Rodolfo Castro, who's a second baseman, can play second base all the time. This isn't hard. Right. You know, just put him in there and let him go for – say, you walk in as a manager, you sit those three guys down, and you say, listen, you guys are starting for the next 10 days. Go with it. And you can we set a lineup? Well, yeah, I hear what you're saying about your, the lineup. But I want to see a set lineup. Well, the, and I'm, I'm sick of seeing the guys all over the batting order. They, let, let's let them settle in a little bit. This team got no hit in one. I mean, they don't – this isn't, you know, I mean – I hear you. Yeah, it's but not a good line. No, no, okay, you know what I mean? Yeah. For younger guys to know what, it's all the little things. They're thinking about enough to begin with. But I'll be honest, but, one thing that the one thing I'll, I'll say against that is because of the National League having the DH now, there's no strategy. There's no, you know, back in the day when 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 Barry Bonds and and, and Jay Bell and those guys and Van, were here. Yeah, Bell, Van Slyke, Bonds, and Jay Bell led the league in sacrifice. Every time yeah. somebody would get on, boom. But yep. move a guy over. I mean, that was the lineup was was a different. It's a different game now. It's just a. It's it is. It's just well, a. It's just a. It's played differently. The, the, that that being, if you're well, a, anytime you see the softball player batting leadoff, you know the game's being played I know, differently. Honest to God, I do think sometimes with his wheel, he's got a spin a wheel <laughs> where he just puts their he puts their baseball cards on the thing and just swerves it. Some of these dudes have baseball yeah. cards. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, they probably made them themselves. But. Did, did you see Vogelback's uh, first career triple? Yes. Oh my God, that was priceless. And then he got thrown out by. by <laughs> yeah, by he was gassed. The, the, yeah. the Chicago's that Japanese. Well, guy. Sutsugo yeah. didn't hit it far enough. I mean, we're talking about yeah, Vogelbach on third. He popped it up. Yeah, he's I mean, stuck in. He's, can we hit the ball when he slid in home plate? He stuck like a they yard, had to like more. a yard guard. <laughs> like a jart. Remember that? Used to have back in the day. They don't sell them anymore. But <laughs> yeah. Big Melly, he just hit, and that was it. The yeah. Field crew had to come out and bring like two more tons of dirt out because most of it that was stuck. He to grabbed his ass. The, He grabbed the dude's mask and flipped it, and he's like, "You know what? Shit, I'm going to take when I go yeah. back in the dugout." He's like, "Hey, get off me, Jack off. I don't want to go. I, I got to listen to this now. I got to listen to you leaning right. on me." Oh, yeah, yeah um, Contreras was leaning over top of me, threw him off. No, I, I, I understand what Tommy's – I understand your point, Mark. You want a, a, a set lineup, but I'd rather see, like Tom said, set positions. Like, you don't want to come into the clubhouse every day. Am I playing third? Am I playing second? What glove do I, I need today? First? Yeah. You know, like he said, Castillo plays short, and they put Castro at short now. Right. I, he's not a shortstop anymore. I, I, he may have been when he first got, you know, signed. Right. I, you he's know, a second baseman. He's that's a second yeah. baseman. Now he's playing shortstop and he makes an error and then you're going, oh, what the hell? Well, that's but he's also you made some great plays this he's year. Made, yeah. He's made some really and good And I plays. love the enthusiasm yes. Castro brings to the game, the excitement. I mean, he's, you can tell he's having fun out there. I mean, that stuff kind of stuff is contagious. And that, that's what makes you want to watch. And, yeah. and th- those are the things. And like I said, I mean, Contreras being here is is going to definitely help. So, right. and, and, and we do want to give a quick – Shout out to Matt Gorski. Yes. I, wanna, I don't know yeah, if anybody knows move who on. he is, but he was a second-round pick, I think, in 19. Out of up, Indiana. Uh, out of Indiana mm-hmm. University. Hit for high average there, um, but wasn't a power hitter. Um, he leads all professional baseball and home runs with 18. Power, well, 17 at Greensboro. They moved him up to double-A Altoona. His first at bat Altoona. He hits it's another up. home run. That was his 18th. There's a guy that's developed year over year. Like yep. Tom says, these fringe guys, some of them turn out to be good players. You've seen it with other organizations, like guys like Whit Merrifield with, with Kansas right. City. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he developed late. He was 25, 26 when he came up, and he's a three-time All-Star now. So, But the depth, and now you have you, you have to produce. If not, the next guy is coming right behind you. There's no doubt. It is my, and look, I opened the segment up by criticizing Charrington, but at the same time, there's no doubt that they have quality depth in the minor leagues. And they are building – there's competition there. I mean, look at Cole Tucker. He's done. There are oh, guys yeah. that have passed him up. He's done. We'll never – to your point, he's going to have to buy a ticket to get in. He and Vanessa Hutchins can buy a ticket and go watch the Pirates. But um, And that's what you like to see because competition – and Nick Patty just said it here, right? I mean, co- without competition, you're never going to get better. No. And you're seeing it at all levels of the Pirate organization. Like, if you don't perform – you're going to get passed up and you're going to be forgotten. Well, that's the thing that, you know, I will defend Charrington a little bit. I see him taking a lot of abuse that this is the third year and, and you know, we need to start seeing results and all that stuff. What I, All I want and all I – my biggest criticism with Huntington was that there was – to me, there was never a plan. You know, it was always we're going to rebuild. Well, who are you rebuilding with? What are you doing? With, with, with him, with Charrington, I see a plan, I, you know. He went to the bottom of the barrel. He traded everything. He, you know, anything that was worth anything, he got rid of. Because 
what's the purpose? I know Jacob Stallings, you know, is is one that, you know, we talked about last week. The catcher spot's a, a problem. Well, we had a, a gold glove catcher. Well, the reality of it is, is that when the Pirates are good, Stallings just isn't going to be here. He's just not going to be a part of that. And Henry Davis is a, is a year and a half away. So you flip him and you take it. You take three cards and you, right. you see what you get. You know, Zach Thompson and the two guys that he got in the minors, you know, I don't know if they're going to be any good, but I know that Stallings isn't going to be a part of the next chapter. Right. So flip everything. You put a hundred. You get a hundred guys into a room, and you need twenty-five ball players out of that. That's better than having forty guys in a room and needing twenty-five ball players. No question. So you have to do that, and you see these guys that are coming up. You start to see some of that plan taking effect. But this is again, people have to understand. This is just the first wave. This is not the stars, except for Contreras. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the stars are still coming. This first wave is the guys that will probably be. 15 through 25 on a playoff team's roster, is my opinion. Couldn't agree more. All right, now let's start talking about some of the teams that, that aren't currently playing in town. And we'll start out with the Penguins. That's obviously news since we were on last week. Brian Rust signs a very team-friendly deal. Thank you, Mr. Brian Rust. Appreciate that. In some cases, everybody's speculating $2 million under market and, and because they're saying he probably did 7 to 7.5, signed with the Penguins for 5 AAV. Six years, they added some term to it to make up for the what they were lacking in, in, in the money. So, Tommy, great start to the offseason, I think. I mean, there's a guy, he's clutch. Every year you can count on him, just mark him 20, 25 goals. Obviously, he always shows up in the playoffs. Great start. Yeah, I was surprised. Um, you know, a, a weird Saturday night, mm-hmm. my phone starts buzzing all of a sudden, and, you know, I start looking at it, and I'm like, wow, this is, this is really just out of nowhere because – when we spoke last week, you know, um, you know, my first priority was, for the Penguins was determining the leadership. I mean, this is arguably the most important franchise or offseason in franchise history since the, the ping pong ball that brought Crosby here, and and probably the second or third most in the 52 years that they've been around. This is a huge offseason, and you have to make sure that the right people are making the right decisions. Um, well, you got to think at this point, based on Hextall is going to stay in that chair. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those ones that, you know, you know, it, we're business owners. Mm-hmm. If a landlord comes to us and says, "Hey, you know, I'm gonna your your rent's two thousand dollars a month, but I'm gonna give it to you for fifteen hundred bucks a month," you taking that deal? <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is one of those ones that I don't know that that necess- is, this was such a good deal for the team that I don't know, I don't know how you say no to it. You know, I would think. You know, we're we're now almost two weeks into the off season. If something was going to be done with Hextall, that mm-hmm. something would be done by now. So I'm assuming it's going to be him. That's a big decision because I don't I don't know that I think I don't think he's the right guy. And I hope I'm proven wrong, but that's just a big ask, and I'm not so sure that he's the right guy. But I agree you know, with you. Fenway Sports. I mean, they spent a lot of, a lot of it, it's a weird it's a weird dynamic for them. They just bought this team, so they haven't really given Hextall enough time to prove mm-hmm. himself. But this is also the biggest offseason in franchise history in the last 20 years. So it's a very weird dynamic for them, for the offseason, for the team, like we talked about. But assuming that Hextall is going to be the guy, Rust is a big first piece. And at that number. That number yeah. you just can't say no right. to. So what are, you, what are your thoughts moving forward now? They, they, they have Rust locked up. So that you, obviously that makes Sydney happy. right? There's yeah. been a ton, of, uh, right, a ton of articles, a lot of people talking about with the big three, what about Sid? What about Sid? What about Sid? Well, now you have his right winger signed for the next six years. Takes care of Sid. His line's intact. Malkin, uh, the other two, obviously, are Malkin and Latang. What do you think happens there? Well, what I've done is what we talked about when preparing for the offseason. So what I've done for everybody out there is I've created two scenarios. And for you guys that are hockey enthusiasts like I am, there's a website called capfriendly.com. It's a great, great website. Um, you go on there and you can be basically a GM. It has the team contracts and it has the player values. You can go in, you can trade players, you can sign players, you can put in. But it lets you take a look at what some cap things are in real numbers so that you understand the capology of all this stuff. Right. So what I've done is you know, I've looked at it and I've kind of created two teams. And the first team that we're going to talk about this week, and I want your feedback on it, Mark, to see what you think, is – Bringing back Latang and Malkin, um, which I don't, I don't think I would do. I'm not a fan of that. I, I agree, but 
Um, Fenway Sports is going to want – first of all, there's, no, there's not going to be any rebuilds. There never was going to be a rebuild, but there's no rebuild in my opinion. And, and signing Jeff Carter, to me, eliminates Malkin because you can't have a 39, a 38, a 36-year-old mm-hmm. center as your top three center. So, to me, once you sign Carter, Malkin was going to have to go. Um, and, and the same goes for Latang. I, 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 you just can't give Latang that much money at his age, in my opinion. And the, and the key to this is, is that we've seen both things work. This first half of the year, Malkin wasn't around. Mm-hmm. And the Penguins were a better team, had more points, had a better record without Malkin than they did with. That's not my opinion. That's the facts. They were a better hockey team in the first half without Malkin than they were in the second half. Second for Latang, the Penguins have won a cup without Latang on defense. Mm-hmm. They just have. And I looked this up just to make sure that I remembered their names right. But in 17, when they won the cup, as most people remember, Latang was hurt. He was out mm-hmm. for the year. They won that year with Justin Schultz, Ian Cole, Trevor Daly, Brian Dumoulin, Ole Mata, Ron Hainsey. That was their top six. There's no number one defenseman. Dumoulin was a solid defenseman. There was, But you had six solid defensemen. Right. Schultz and, stepped up in that. Yeah. Instead of having yeah. one, one superstar. One and superstar. And then turns. Because yeah. yeah. the number one thing I always hear about Latang in this town is how are we going to replace his minutes? Well, it's right. easy. If If – you have six guys that play an even amount instead of one guy that plays an exorbitant amount, right. mm-hmm. and then you try to sprinkle everybody right. else in. You know, you like that word? I got that from Central Catholic. <laughs> Anybody out there? Exorbitant. Yeah, yeah nice. that's Catholic good. Yeah, that's a nice one. That's uh, an SAT word. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, so, you know, looking at this, I'm going to start with what I think they're going to do. And what I think they're going to do is bring Malkin and Latang back because FSB wants to sell tickets. I think they think that this is the best way to sell tickets is to keep the, the guys intact. So what I did was I played around with assuming that we signed Malkin and Rust and or Malkin and Latang. So I signed Malkin, I signed Latang to a nine million dollar year contract because I think that's what he's going to get over five years. So five years, forty five. So nine million dollars for Latang, and I signed Malkin to a three year, six and a half million dollar contract because I think that's the number that would get him signed. How long doesn't really matter, but right. so just for so do you tell me what you think? So I was able to put together a team with still 133,000 of cap space left. This is what your mm, team would okay. look like. So you have the top line with Crosby, Rust, and Jake. The second line would be Malkin, and I re-signed Raquel for four million dollars, and I signed a guy named Valerie N- N- <laughs> Nichuskin. I don't. I apologize to his family. Uh, his mother specifically. Uh, I don't know how to say his name, but she's a, he's a he's a winger from Colorado. Mm-hmm. Uh, he scored 27 goals this year. Um, I signed him for four and a half million. He's Russian. You know the mm-hmm. Penguins seem to always want to try to feed force feed a Russian to Malkin. So I looked around at affordable free agents. Those are two affordable free agents that I think played well uh, or could play well with Malkin. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that Malkin has played with Nishushkin on the Russian team on the yeah. on the mm-hmm. on the yes. uh, on the national team. Mm-hmm. My third line would be Carter, Zucker, and O'Connor. My fourth line would be Bluger, Brock McGinn, and Nicholas DeLorean, the, 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 the heavy-duty mm-hmm. winger from Anaheim that I was hoping right. they were going to trade for at the deadline. <clears throat> I signed him for $1.25 million. Your defense is Latang and Dumoulin, uh, Chad Ruido and P.O. Joseph, who I think has yeah. to play, and then Mike Matheson, and I was able to sign Josh Manson. Who's a who's right. a, a physical mm-hmm. stay at home steady defenseman? Who again? I was hoping they would trade for for Anaheim. I signed him to a five million dollar deal. I re-signed Jari. Or I kept Jari and I re-signed the Smith. And with that team, I still have one hundred thirty-three thousand. That's impressive. So basically, I mean, you get two free agent forwards, a fourth line free agent forward, a steady defenseman, and I traded Pedersen and Marino. And I got rid of them for draft picks. I didn't re-sign Heinen. I let Kapanen go. Um, I let Brian Boyle go. Mm-hmm. Um, you cannot bring the same team back. You just can't. Yeah. So if you're going to bring the stars back, you got to move the pieces right. underneath it. And one thing, and you've been talking about that for a while. That's yeah. the biggest issue with the Penguins. And it's not the contracts for the superstars. It's the horrible contracts that JR signed these middle-tier players to that have really hamstrung them over the past two years. Paying too much for average. You yes. can't do that. So you'll notice a couple of things that there's only one or two. There's two young players 
O'Connor and P.O. Joseph. And the reason I went that route is because I don't believe Sullivan's going to play young people. I think that for whatever reason, he has stopped doing that. So I'm not going to – this is – what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to build a realistic of what realistically this could look like. I don't think there's going to be more than two kids that make the roster, so that's what you got. And so let me ask you, speaking to that point real quick, and we could talk more about this as we head into September and when training camp opens again, but you have Laguerre and Pooling. Why the regard as the top two prospects in the system? Forward prospects. Forward prospects, yes, thank you. This has got to be it. For, I mean, the Scranton Wilkes Bears coach said Pullen had a great season, did everything he asked him to do, developed in, in the areas that they've asked him to develop. At some point, these guys got to get a shot. Well, and that's, you know, when you look at their prospects. Or do you use them as trade bait? Well, you, yeah, well that's, and, and this, yeah, keep in mind that this doesn't take into account trading and things like this. This is just. What could we realistically do? Everybody talks about well, this and that. Well, this is putting realistic things to paper. Right. What could realistically be done? This roster realistically signs two 25-plus goal scorers, a fourth-line heavyweight, and a defensive defenseman. This what this does. Still signing Malkin and, and, and Latang to what I think will be the Well, it's deal. interesting to see you did that. I'm glad you, you went through that exercise yeah, so because now everybody's saying since they signed Rust, Raquel most likely is not coming back, which I struggle, I mean, not putting pen to paper like you did here, Tommy, but even just doing some quick math in my head, I struggle like, wait a minute, that's not necessarily true here. Well, and what I did too is I got rid of some of the dead weight. Mm-hmm. I got rid of Pedersen and Marina, who I just, they are, oh, they're just, they're they're solid NHL players, but they're, they're too much. It's too much money to invest in guys that all do the same thing. I mean, you could put them all in a, you, you yeah. could, they're, they're just all the same player. They're all... You know, you know, they're all lightweights. They all don't really skate well. They're not really physical. They don't really play heavy in front of their net, but they kind of skate okay. They kind of, you know, mm-hmm. get the puck out of their own zone. It, it, it just everything's a lot of average. And when you start adding up, you had, you know, you're over four million for Patterson. You're over four million for Marino. You're over four million for Capitan. That's twelve million dollars. It's only an eighty million dollar salary cap. You got to get rid of some of these guys and. I personally, like you said, you have Poulin, you have Laguerre, you have Philip Hollander, you have Valerie Pustinen, mm-hmm. who was up there last year. Those are all guys, redeems the Hornet. He's not on this team. Um, those are all guys that, in my opinion, should be pushing for jobs up there. But I just don't think that they will because nothing in the last three years shows you that they're going to do that. And on top of that, I, I don't think FSB is going to want a bunch of youngsters up there. They're not looking for the next Generation X. They want to sell tickets. Um, they want people, you know, they want to keep people interested. And I think that that's why I think that you have a chance of seeing these guys come back because it's the easiest and, and most effective way to sell tickets. Everybody who already has Malcolm Latang jerseys, their guys are back, you fill them in. So I have another, we'll go over next week's podcast. Um, I have the second team, the team that I would put together where you do not sign Latang and Malkin. Um, and it opens up a lot more avenues to be able to to, to uh, build your team. Look forward to that next week, Tommy. And we'll also we'll touch on the series, see where things in the playoffs now. We haven't really talked about it much, but we'll we'll glance. Yeah, we're going to have a fact or fiction about, to talk a little bit about. By then, we'll happening. be into the final four right. uh, next week. And uh, you know, McDavid's put on a great show so far, and, and both series have been have been or all, all the series have been good so far. Um, with the exception of the shocking Tampa Bay, Florida, as you'll recall, I told you we wanted to play Florida. I, mm-hmm. I just felt that was coming. Um, but Tampa's playing great. And uh, so, yeah, we'll have that stuff to talk about next week. Sounds good. In the meantime, Steelers with a big announcement this week. Omar Khan, in-house guy who's been with the Steelers for 23 years, was with Cower, started with Cower, is the new general manager. And what I like, I'm, I'm iffy on that one. I know, you know, he supposedly works magic with the cap, and he, he's great behind the scenes, that sort of that sort of thing. Uh, really doesn't have any scouting experience, personnel experience. So to offset that, they went out, and I love this. They signed Kevin Weidel from Mount Lebanon. Andy Weidel. Andy Weidel, sorry. Kevin is his brother. Kevin yeah, was a quarterback, yeah. Sorry, see, I'm old man. I remember all these, Apologize. all these dudes. Got the last sorry, name. yeah, sorry, Apologize. sorry. I got the last name right. I'm just old. I remember all of them. Um, great football player, played at Villanova. He's been in the league forever as a scout. Started here in, with the Steelers as a scout, worked his way up, um, and he's going to be the assistant GM. Looks like he'll be in charge of personnel and scouting. Um, and then they're bringing the guy in from Detroit as well to help with personnel and scouting. I like what they're doing. I mean, they're they're building up that that end of the business. 
with some great minds, guys that know what they're talking about. Weidel built the board for the Eagles, <clears throat> excuse me, the draft board the last three years. Obviously, he knows what he's doing. Same with, uh, what's the guy's name? Sheldon White from uh, Detroit. He, he built their board in Detroit. So they're bringing a lot of guys in uh, the front office. Not only, you know, they didn't settle for one guy, they're bringing in three. So, well, Weidel, too. I mean, he was with the Saints that built that right. roster, that got the Super Bowl. He was with the Ravens who built that, you know, was there right. for when they got to the Super Bowl. He and learned then, under one of the best, Ozzie Newsom. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I mean, was good. His track record, you know, the fact that he's a Pittsburgh guy seems to be on the, you know, that seems right. to be They're on like, the, yeah. you know, the guy has to happen. But hey, we got smart people here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, the the job titles are the thing that has me confused. Yeah, that's I, yeah. to me, Weidel's the GM and Con right. is still the assistant. I don't know why. Maybe name Con VP of Business Operations yeah, or something. They just seem to be, yeah. you know, Con's a Con's a numbers guy. You right. know, he's going to be the guy that continues to do the cap. And, and let's face it, I mean. Tom wants the coach, the GM. He he's got he's going to be the guy that has the final say so on on most of this stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how you can argue with the hirings. And I don't know, you know, Michael and I were talking about this before we came on the air. You know, everybody on a national level seems to be down on the Steelers this offseason, yeah. but I I just don't see it. I mean, I and I'm I am hardly I I root for the Steelers more as a business owner than I do as a fan anymore because uh, I hate the NFL in general with the way they've made the game, but. That's for another podcast. Um, I, I couldn't be – to me, as if, if I was a Steeler fan, you know, and I was leaving, I was looking through black and gold glasses, I mean, you know, getting rid of Butler and promoting Terrell Austin is going to be, to me, a, a new set of – Flores. New voice. Yep. Flores is a tremendous addition to this. And it, I don't care what yep. anybody says. Tomlin respects both of those yep. guys, and, mm-hmm. and those guys are going to have a voice. To me, they nailed the, they nailed the executive team. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a great combination of guys. <clears throat> and uh, excuse me, I don't think they could have done any better. And I, I think they've upgraded their team. Mm-hmm. You know, Michael and I were talking. I, I think you can make an argument that they're at least the same or better at every position that they've had. So I, I think it's been a great season, off season so far for the black and gold. And uh, you know, I, I think things are. I think things are getting there. I don't think they're going to be a Super Bowl team next year. But I don't think there's any reason that they couldn't compete right. for the Super for uh, playoffs next year. And I think they're starting to. I think they're starting to move in the right direction. I couldn't agree more. I, I, the hirings I liked. They're bringing in some great minds <coughs> in terms of talent. Some inside. Some inside scoop that that I learned. Austin, the fourth round pick out of Memphis. This kid's a stud, right? A lot of people worried. Is he the next Dre Archer? Right? He can. He can. He's got wheels. He can run like crazy. But there's no nothing else to his game. No, this guy, this cat can play. He knows how to run routes. He's got great hands, and we and he can well, fly. The reason they they compared him to Archer is because he, he's the played, speed. Yeah, the speed, and plus he played a little running back, you know, slash, right. you know, early on at Memphis. Um, he's a decent route runner, and like you said, the speed plays. And um, you know, wide receivers. He might not have been a fourth round pick in a previous season. There was just the wide receiver position in this particular draft was really, really deep. He could have been a second-round pick at some point. But, I mean, you're talking about the front office with all the moving and shaking. Tom talking about early on in all our podcasts about the free agent signings. It all comes down to quarterback play. We know what it comes down to. Um, Will Kenny Pickett be the guy? I mean, that's what they drafted him for. Um, Trubisky's not the long-term solution. If he starts the season as the quarterback and he finishes the season as the quarterback, they're not going to make the playoffs. He's just he's probably out of 32 quarterbacks, probably 28, 29th. I mean, I don't know. You could probably maybe move him up a board a little bit, right. but that's what this that's what this league is predicated on, right? Quarterback play. Absolutely. As soon as as soon as you get your quarterback, Buffalo gets Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Didn't produce right away, but obviously he is who he is. Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, uh, Joe Burrow turned mm-hmm. Cincinnati's franchise right. around in basically two, two years. years. Yeah. Um, so that we could talk about all the, the you know the, the OTAs and right. all the, and the, the guys they drafted. Listen, it comes down to Pickett and Trubisky and where they are once the season starts. And and if they don't play well, they're not going anywhere. I don't care what the other positions do. Right. And, and let's not get caught up on what we're seeing on the South Side right now. Kenny's getting third string reps it means nothing, right? Tomlin said it himself. It's a I mean, nothing that happens this week means one iota uh, when it comes to September. I don't even pay attention to OTAs. Yeah, shorts and helmets, right. and there's there's nothing to it. No, but the only thing you have to watch is just where 
Some of the guys were questioning what position they were going to be. Mason Cole's lining up at center. Kendrick Green is lining up at guard. You know, those are the little things that, you know, the pecking, right. the depth, you know, Tomlin is always going to be the veteran, you know, mm-hmm. he's always going to give the veteran respect. So the veteran's always going to be playing in front of the quarterback. Right. So Pickett being number three is. is means uh, nothing, right? Not yeah. Means nothing. So as uh, we move on, when we get to the mandatory mini camp in June, that's that's when we start when we want to pay attention yeah. a little bit because that's when things will start falling into place before as we head into training camp. Yeah, casual walkthroughs. Right. The only thing that interests me so far is Green and Dotson. Looks like they're going right. to be two dogs for one bone. That yeah. that's going to be the the thing that at least that's the only bit of news that I saw that kind of caught my eye. Everything else is you right. know, window dressing. Window dressing. Dress. Yeah. Well, what's not window dressing is what's happening in the NBA right now, Michael. The NBA playoffs. I, Great game last night. How much night. money did you win last night? I, I won a little bit. Thank did you. Thank you for your help. I'm, yeah. I'm going to take care of you. Okay. All right. Well, like and we did. It's a five game. I don't know what the hell it's called. I'm not a gambler, but it's a five game parlay or five something parlay that we're in. So the Hurricanes need to win tonight. So root for the Hurricanes. Okay. And then we'll get some money. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, they, these two series that are left are so different. Right. Uh, you know, Dallas and Golden State. Uh, listen, it, we we talk about this in all sports, right? You know, the Penguins had. Crosby and Malkin, mm-hmm. right? Jordan had Pippen. Magic had James Worthy and Jabbar. Luka Doncic has Luka Doncic. <laughs> I mean, it's just in Dallas, you know, listen, for Dallas to win a game, they won game four because Golden State was just completely disinterested. I mean, that's they, they were just completely disinterested in the game. And Luka had to score 30, grab 14 rebounds, and he had to you know, dish out nine assists. But for Dallas to win tonight at Golden State, yeah. you, you need extraordinary efforts out of guys like Spencer Dinwiddie, Jalen Brunson, Dorian Finney-Smith. I mean, those aren't household names. I mean, they've had some good games in the playoffs, but Golden State, Golden State, you got Steph Curry, you got Clay Thompson, uh, you got Jordan Poole. I mean, they just, Draymond Green, you got guys that you can go to. Luka has himself. And Dallas, I mean, listen, they got to the Western Conference Finals with him. So they need to start – they need to get him a, a Robin to his Batman. Um, Golden State should end this series tonight. They're up 3 Well, I think as, as the great Dandy Don Meredith used to say, remember, we used to sing Monday Night Football. Turn out the, the lights. lights. Yes, the yeah. party's out. Yeah, yeah I the, think the, the, this the party's one's over. over. I, I think Golden State, for whatever reason, the other night, they, I've watched probably about, I don't know, quarter and a half of that game. And I said, they're not going to win this game. They're just not interested in playing tonight. And then they shut down all the starters. You know, Clay Thompson played like 25 minutes. I think Steph played 29 minutes. They just – they didn't play much of the fourth quarter. And they got blown out. And, mm-hmm. and they haven't they haven't swept anybody yet. But they're going to end this series tonight. Now, the Boston-Miami series, I, you know, watching that game last night, I, it, I had to hearken all the way back to the 94 Brickfest finals between Ooh, the Houston game. Rockets and the New York Knicks. Might have been the worst – NBA playoff series in history, and it happened to be the finals. That game last night, Miami. I shot. saw some great memes from the game last night. Uh, oh my god, tremendous! Miami, listen to this: shot seven of forty-five from three-point range. I've done that before. You have. <laughs> I think that's your career stat: seven for forty-five from three-point range. It's fifteen percent. I'm comfortable with that. <laughs> yeah. And I'm listening to the announcers. Double digits. Hey, I'm listening to the announcers bad. last night. Yeah, it's it's not that. Bad. I, mean, I mean, listen. I mean, you know, even you know, not even an NBA player. I how mean, the hell? Did, you should be asking us how the hell did I make seven? <laughs> well, I mean, you throw up enough, but eventually one's going to get in. Right? right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, this series, you got injured players, and I'm I'm listening to the announcers last night making excuses mm-hmm. for Miami. Well, Kyle Lowry shouldn't be out there. Well, well, then don't, then be don't play because he played 25 minutes in the Eastern Conference final game last night and scored as many points as I did, and I was sitting on my recliner. Zero. So his hamstrings bothering him. Jimmy Butler's hurt. He went four of 18 last night. Um, listen, uh, Tatum's hurt. Robert Williams played last night. Marcus been, Smart's hurt. Marcus Smart played uh, yep. almost 40 minutes last night. Boston played basically seven guys last night. That's it. They they shrunk their rotation to seven guys. Um, you know, Derek White, the trade that um, Brad Stevens made for him at the trade deadline was huge for Boston because he can come in for smart. He can come in for Jalen Brown. I, I, so I think Boston's going to win this series. I, I can so, keep saying that. So but, I got to say something. So we talked about that. I, I put a little money on the game last night. You helped it a little bit with my son, MJ, and I. 
And I don't know how you do this. We're joined by a special guest this week. We haven't mentioned him yet, but Craig Orholsky's sitting here at the table with us. Watching us, yeah. And Craig likes to throw some money down here. That would be a five-team parlay that you're talking team, about. Thank you. You come out yes. with a five-team. So, yeah. But I need to ask you. Like, I couldn't, Mike, Michael texted sure. me last yeah. night, right? I don't know how you do it. Michael texted me, okay? I couldn't watch the game. I was too nervous. Like, I didn't want to know. I, didn't, I had no idea. Yeah, Michael he said I'm too nervous. nervous. I, too I said, nervous. I can't I, watch the game. I, I, I watch it so I can control it mentally. I, I see, think I can, I can I but I can't. No, right. Now, no. I, I couldn't watch it. Like, I can't bet on getting because I will never be able to watch them. I was too nervous. You updated me at one point. Yeah. And then I went to bed. And then this morning, I'm like shaking as I'm holding my phone. And I go on to Twitter and I'm looking. I'm like, oh, thank God. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Michael. Well, how, how much did you bet? bet? Yeah, I wanted to see what this bet was. A decent amount. Well, I'm going to do Golden State and Carolina because Carolina got to come in. So that's yeah. what I'm doing tonight. A decent amount. I, I, so, if you want a betting tip, Craig Rawlski just gave it to you. <laughs> yeah. I want to talk more about Spencer Dilweed. I mean, what kind of name is that? What's Dinwiddie. Not Dinwiddie. What is it? Dinwiddie. Spencer Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie. Yeah. So, Dinwiddie wasn't bad enough. His mom decided to name him Spencer. So, too. speaking of Spencer, real quick, because now we're getting into that rapid fire round anyway. So, have you guys watched Winning Time, the show on HBO Max about the the Lakers? The I heard about. I watched that. the first. Please watch yeah, it. So, please watch. It's phenomenal. And Spencer Haywood. Is a cheesy. key character on that team, played by my main man from Remember the Titans, Julius. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 my main man, Julius, strong side. Um, phenomenal. Watch it. I mean, I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. I mean, yeah. I'll watch any sports, anything. And it, it starts when Jerry Buss bought the team exactly in '79. '79, yeah. right? And Spencer Haywood was their big acquisition, and he gets you know involved with drugs and Abdul Jabbar, who's cap. They call him cap. He was the captain. Yeah. Kicked him off the team because uh, he kept showing up high. Um, but you said Spencer Dinwiddie made me think of Spencer Haywood. So just a shout out for that series. If you enjoy sports related TV, winning time, yeah. winning time, phenomenal, well done. And it's my main man. As anybody that knows me knows, I love Step Brothers, Talladega Nights. It's my main man, John C. Riley, as, as Doctor Jerry Buss. And they're saying he's in uh, award contention. For how well he did. I mean, just a great, great series. Highly recommended. Well, now that we got that far off track, Sorry. he's talking about Dillweed. You're talking about this show. I'm trying to get what the through, hell. I'm trying to get through the freaking Boston. Yeah, Miami so Boston's going to close it out. Boston should close it out. They got the best defensive team in the playoffs. Yes. Uh, Jason Tatum is only the second player in NBA history to have 1,500 career playoff points before the age of 24. Uh, Kobe Bryant is the other. Um, he's turning into a superstar. And Jalen Bryan offensive game sometimes reminds me of Kobe Bryant. It did last night in the second half, but in the first half, it reminded me of his dad, Joe Jellybean Bryant. <laughs> That's not a compliment. If Jalen Bryant could be consistent on a on a regular basis, Tatum and Bryant together with that that group Just of, like you were talking of, about of the, 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 players yeah. that mm-hmm. they got around them, they can win the NBA championship. But Bryant sometimes shows up, sometimes he doesn't. And that's what you worry about with Boston. So tonight we got a possible closeout game between Golden State and Dallas. And then tomorrow night is game six in Boston. And Boston can close out tomorrow. And then we'll be talking hopefully next week about uh, the NBA Finals. Awesome. All right. So you mentioned Brown, his game, Kobe Bryant, one of the best. So for factor fiction, right, we always love factor fiction. So for this week's factor fiction segment, let's start there. But we're going to move to hockey. And we've talked about him and the impact he's had on the game currently and the impact he could have on the game if the NHL knew what the hell they were doing. Fact or fiction? Connor McDavid, by the time's all, by the time all said and done, this, this playoff run here, Connor McDavid will cement his status as the best player in the world. False. And the reason why is you have to win, yep. you have to win a Stanley Cup to be in the top anything. He ain't winning a cup this year. He's just not. Um I respect okay. what Connor McDavid's doing, and people are starting to understand. I mean, he's single-handedly winning games. Yeah, well, it's unbelievable. Yeah. He's so fun to watch. You're starting to see, you know, the world is starting to see what hockey people have known. I mean, right. his he plays so fast, but he's one. Of, he's the only hockey player I've ever seen be able to play that fast and maintain the puck and do something. The Penguins have had, you know, the Constantine Koltsovs of the world that was used to. He would go. And he nice couldn't, reference. Though. You couldn't even see him. But then he right. couldn't stop. He would literally wreck into the boards. Like he just bounced back and forth <laughs> off the board. He had no. He was actual, like that dude from Mighty Ducks. Yeah, he had no actual skill. He would just skate really fast, hit a board, turn around, and go back the other right. way. 
Connor McDavid does all this stuff at, at just full speed. I mean, you know, it's like you're playing a video game and you crank it all up and you set everybody else to rookie, and that's what he looks like. Um, but he's, you know, he's only won two playoff series in seven years, one of which was just last week. Um, that doesn't make you an all-time great. You got to do it in the playoffs. You got to do it multiple times in the playoffs, and you got to win a cup in hockey. It starts with that. If he Wins a cup this year or at any point, I think he automatically goes into the top 10. And then what he does for the rest of his career will cement it. But as far as right now, the only way you do it is if you win a cup, and he's not winning a cup this year. So fiction. I I say fact. I mean, I, we're talking about a team sport, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, so I, we're talking about the best player, not the best team. The players around him, are they capable? He's got a few around him. Now, he's got a few around him, but he, he hasn't always had them, right? Right. Um. I look at this playoff series reminds me of the 86 NBA playoffs when Jordan played against Boston and dropped 63 by himself. I mean, he had a bunch of jabrones around him and he, I mean, they were basically standing around watching. It was before Pippen got there. You know, it was before the the Phil Jackson era. I think uh, Doug Collins was coaching that team. Um, This kid is, I mean, wow. I mean, like I said, I don't even like hockey. It's like watching paint dry for me. But watching him, when I watch him on the ice, now I've watched, I've seen Sidney Crosby play. He's super good. But this guy looks so much better than everybody else on the ice. And so yeah. I, I, I say fact whether he wins a, a championship or not. It's a team sport. I say fact, too. And, Tommy, the, the last time we were talking about McDavid on the podcast, you mentioned defensively he's just not there yet. What we're seeing in the playoffs, from what I've watched, and I tried to make a point to watch as much as I can of him, he, he's like Lemieux now. I mean, he's playing defense in the playoffs, and he's dominating both ends of the ice. And so for me now, I'm saying what I'm seeing from him in the playoffs, fact. Well, Mario killed penalties in playoffs. Right. Yeah. And, and McDavid's not there yet. But, yeah, but McDavid is leading that team. I mean, he is single-handedly putting that team on mm-hmm. his shoulders. I mean, you know. I mean, he's got dry sidle. Nugent Hopkins is doing some stuff, but still. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and, you know, the problem with Edmonton is their goaltender. I mean, Mike, Mike Smith. Smith. I have a table hockey game at home. The goalie I have there is better than Mike Smith. <laughs> but, I mean, this guy, I mean, he got – this guy – did you see the goal he gave up yeah, the other night yeah. that almost – I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I don't even know what to say to that. Yeah. I mean, that guy – I, I mean, we're he, complaining about what Louie did here, but that was ten times worse. The guy took the shot. I don't even think he was in Edmonton. Right. I, think he, I think he – I don't even know if he was in Canada when he shot the puck and it went in. So – McDavid, that's what I mean. And it's not going to be – if they don't win the Cup this year, it's certainly not going to be McDavid's fault most likely. But to me, greatness in hockey especially is measured on Cups. It just is. All right, back to the Steelers for a minute. Next factor, fiction. Mason Rudolph will still be a, uh, with the Steelers when mandatory minicamp starts next month. I'll say that's a fact. Rudolph's going to be on this team for, I think, until the end of uh, the end of spring – or uh, the, the Training camp. Training camp because – um, you can't afford to have one of those quarterbacks get hurt. God forbid Pickett or Trubisky gets hurt. You got to have two NFL quarterbacks. You don't want to dump Rudolph now, have somebody get hurt, and have to go out and overpay or do something stupid to get one back. So, fact, he'll be here for minicamp. Fiction, he'll be here for week one. Like it. Yeah, I, I say that's fact. I, they're not going to get rid of him now. I think sometime in training camp. If a quarterback goes down for another team, then you can possibly trade him for a fifth or sixth round pick, or you know. Right. But yeah, I, I think he's going to be here through the the mini camp, and then I think he'll be traded before the season starts. Yeah. So fact, I agree with both of you. So we can move on along the same lines. Another guy who's been absent, Stefan Tuit, right? Didn't play at all last year. He's not there this week. Will he be a member? Will he be here for mandatory minicamp next month? I would have said fiction a week ago, um, but Cam Hayward, who is not just a guy that tries to get you know clicks when he speaks, was as adamant as I've ever heard anybody be adamant about somebody who's not physically there saying he was going to be there, trusting that he you know his guy was going to be there and and all that stuff. So you know, I, I I'll, I'll take Cam at his word, and he said that he was going to be there, and I believe it. And also. The fact that the Steelers, have, you know, we talked about, made a lot of offseason moves. You know, there's a lot of dead cap there that they could have freed up by getting rid of him. Well, they still can after June first. They, they can, release but him. the fact that he's still there, I, I, to me, I think that's a, I think fact. I think he's going to be there this year. Uh, he, I don't think he wants to play. I, I, I just, I don't I'll, think he's interested yeah. in playing football anymore, and I don't know why he just won't come out and say it. But um, I, I got think 14 it's, million reasons why. Well, I mean, <laughs> obviously, but you. 
you actually have to show up to get paid. And and so I, I think it's fiction. I just, you haven't seen him here. Um, he hasn't really talked about mm-hmm. it. And I just don't think he's in yep. Playing that sport, you can't half-ass that sport. I mean, you can't fake it. You right. can I fake don't care if you're in, in Indiana working out or not. You should, I mean, there's nothing like being out there on the field with your teammates. Yeah, I, I, just, I have a feeling it, it, I, I think they're going to cut them loose. I, I, I really do. I what think if, they're going to have a talk with I, them and say, that's it. What What if Omar Khan said that, listen, uh, we can't direct deposit that money. You're going to have to come pick up a check. So what if they make him come and actually physically pick up his paycheck? Do you think he'd come to work then? I don't know. I, you think I, they get direct deposit? You think uh, yeah, they, they, oh, yeah. Deposit? yeah. yeah. They, they I do. think so. You think yeah. that's the case? They, I would think so. You think they get it two days early? If you I mean, I would like to have the check because I just love to look at those numbers uh, on my actually, check every other week. I would take that check and tape it to my forehead, <laughs> and I'd walk around for about a day like yeah. that on my I would. forehead. I'd actually hate to see my wage garnishment for child support, but that's a whole different topic. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't even write, I mean – no, well, I At guess I wouldn't point. recognize yeah, I mean, him. I do now. Like, but. Yeah. I'm going to say fiction, too. Uh, he's a ghost to me at this point. Um, I've heard some stuff that and everything did come out. He sold his house here. Um, I think he's checked out for whatever reason. His brother, the knee, I heard, you know, got some intel that it could be worse than we, we thought it was. Um, really out of shape last year. He put on a ton of weight. Um I think it's fixed. I don't think we're ever going to see him again. I think they do release him after June 1st, get that cap relief, and really look to sign that outside linebacker, whether it's Justin Houston or somebody else, and, and you know maybe another corner, uh, whatever it may be. I think they release him, get that money that they need, and, and use it elsewhere. Well, to go against my own fact that I said I think he's going to be there, remember last year at this time David DeCastro was part of the Steelers. Right. And then they got. And so it was Vince at, Williams. And then they got a look at him. Well, Vince Williams quit, but you know, he didn't want to play for a million. He decided right. he didn't want to play for a million bucks. But uh, DeCastro was part of the team. They took a look at him at camp and like, oh, right, I think yeah. we're going to have to go a different direction here, bud. And then they caught him. So, yeah. you know, it's certainly possible. Yeah. All right, moving on. Uh, same theme. I don't know why I came up with it. It was like this was the theme this week Willie or Walney. Um, Yoshi, who we've talked at length about already on this podcast, will he be a member of the Pittsburgh Pirates? After the debt, I don't even is know that if that's super, super two. Yeah, I June third. What, when? Yeah. What's the date today? June. I thought I saw DK post already. Something that it's like April, gone now. It's part of the, 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 I've heard different things. I don't know if anybody even knows. It's part of the new well, deal. Baltimore just called up their guy, their yeah, catcher last week. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, God, I hope not. I mean, let's see. What are we talk? Let's see Mason Martin, please. So I'm going to say fiction. He's going to be gone. Um, he'll Bob, be the next. The what do we say? June third. Okay. You know. End of next week. So you, you say he's gonna he's be gone. There? No, I'm saying fiction. He's not going to be a member of the team come June third. I'm uh, and this is wishful thinking. I'll admit, but I, I'm hoping we see Mason Martin up here, and it's Mason Martin and, and Chavis playing first base in Sutsugo's history. I, I I actually wake up in a cold sweat sometimes and see to go in my my dreams. I I think it's fact. He's he's still going to be here. I, for whatever reason, he's like a rash that won't go away. I, I just I can't watch him swing a bat. I can't watch him even try to reach for a ball at first base. If you don't throw a BB right at his chest, there's a good chance it's not going to get caught. I mean, he might be the worst defensive first baseman I've ever seen. I, I think he's still going to be here for whatever reason. There's there's something there that that um, I don't know if he has naked pictures of Derek Sheldon in, in his locker, but um, I think he's still. Unfortunately, I think he's still going to be here. It's a fact. I think on June 3rd, the only pirate costume he should have on is the one that the guy wears to when he brings people over on a Gateway Clipper to drop fans off. That little pirate ship that they you know that they have there—that's the only pirate. That's the way he should be dressed up as a pirate on June 3rd or tomorrow, for that matter. Well, that's true. But the problem is, is that you know he signed for more than fourteen dollars, which you know Nutting's going to make sure he gets his ROI on that as much as he possibly can. So yeah, I, I think he'll. I think he'll be here along with the evil quarterback from Texas, Josh yeah, right. Van Meter, and anybody. I, I don't know how many guys. I, I just can't see them going full full youth. They've added a lot of youth right. lately. Um, so no, I, I okay. think I think that's fiction. I think he'll be here. All right, that's factor fiction for this week. How about rants? We have some rants that we want to. I, I got one go small on. one. I I know we talked about the PGA Championship last yep. week a little bit. We touched on Tiger Woods and listen. We we all tune in because Tiger's playing right, and I was excited to watch him play. And they, you know he muddled around for the first two rounds. He made the cut. Then he comes out Saturday and starts playing like me when I'm playing at at, at, at Manor Valley. I mean I'm like you know. And, and it started to snowball on him, and like by the fifth or sixth hole. Now I wasn't watching at this point anymore because I don't know what he was twelve over or something. 
he starts limping again. Now, okay, I, I know you were in a car wreck. The car flipped 87 times down the ravine. I get it. <laughs> okay. It, I, I got, they redid your leg like the biotic bed. But you listen, he wasn't limping on the first right. day. He was playing okay. He wasn't limping on the second day. He starts playing shitty. And <laughs> all of a sudden, limping. he starts walking like Quasimodo. I'm like, I can't watch it anymore. So if you're not healthy enough to play, Tiger, don't play. But I, I don't, it, the excuse with the leg right. and he bows out and doesn't play on Sunday, I, I just, <laughs> that part's starting to irritate me a little bit. The story was great, right? He's back. The, he did he, he did that in the Masters. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay, you know, he was tired the last day. Okay, first tournament. And this one, that, that Saturday was starting to burn yeah. my ass a little bit. I'm like, okay, you know, he's dragging the leg along. And I'm like, I can't watch this anymore. Just because you ever shot the frigging green right. by 50 yards, that's not you do. Five, five footers pass. Yeah. I do that regularly, and I'm an amateur. <laughs> I can't watch Tiger foot below five footers pass the hole. Like, like I'm popping the ball. I, 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 that's not going to happen. So. <laughs> my rant goes to my best friend here to my left. I have a problem with my best friend. Uh-oh. I grew up, wow. we grew up in the same house, basically. We lived, you know, we spent more time with each other than we did our parents mm-hmm. most of the time. We ate mom's, you know, chicken Romano. We ate your mom's chicken Romano. Well, God George, forbid, Jesus not mine. Now, mine, <laughs> mine, my only chicken my mom ever made came through a drive through window. Chicken McNuggets. Chicken McNuggets, yeah. Um, you know, we ate all that good food growing up. I wish and we then, could still live on that crap. But anyway, go ahead. You so know, good. she tricked me with the cagoots. You know, she's zucchini. like, she said, do you mm-hmm. like fried zucchini? I go, no. She goes, how about cagoots? And I said, no, I'll try that. And I loved it. I didn't know. I'm Irish. I didn't know what that was. Yeah. Shout out, Phyllis. Again, my mom, most of the food she gave me had its name right on there. It would say quarter pounder. It would tell me how many chicken nuggets were in the box. That's what I grew up on. So I'm on Facebook the other day. And my, yeah. and my lifelong friend mm-hmm. posts on there I know that exactly he's where you're eating freaking sushi for dinner. Yeah. Who are you? What, 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 I what, like what, sushi. Now listen. Well, why, I, why did that happen? Yeah. Why did that even happen? Um, were you walking by and we walking by Elmer's? You're walking down the alley. You thought, you know what? I ate a goldfish. That little thing flipping around in there. That looks pretty good. I don't have uh, one of those. Yeah, you know. Wait, what, what's what listen, is that? I I like sushi. I, I you know I. I why do. would you try it? What what happened? You may be the only Italian dude that likes sushi. Well, ever ever. Uh, I mean, maybe maybe you know. I mean, I'm half Irish too. And speaking of that, well, we don't like it either. Summer, you know, obviously stuff that, but Ray Liotta. Since we're talking yes. about famous Italian, yeah, Ray Liotta passed away today. Sad, sad. Anyway, very sad. It was on the ticker. We were, we were, we got something to eat before. It said Field of Dreams actor. No, no, he was no. good. Good fellas, actor yeah. and everything. Henry else. Hill. Henry everything Hill. Everything else yep. is second place. Phenomenal. Anyway, phenomenal. So your rant for me this week is I ate some sushi. Yeah, you got a I just don't that? care for that. I don't like it. I don't even know who you are at this point anymore. We've been in, but we've on been the flip friends. side, though, Austin was making a chicken romano. I saw that post. He did, and it turned out just like mine and my mother's. Yes. Right. Yeah. So and he didn't let me walk Redeem himself a little bit. So, with yeah. Best restaurant in town when we were growing up was 327. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Best so restaurant was. in town. Listen, my rant's going to be very quick. I could go off. I'm just going to make NCAA. Can you please... Just please, for once, do something right. Put some guardrails up with NIL, please. Just please. That's all. I mean, I could go off. Well, we we could spend another hour talking oh, about that. That's all I'm saying. We're talking about everybody. Can we please put the Jordan Addison rules in place for next? Please. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And if he did show up in, with his parents in U, USC gear and he got out, shame on. If I were, if that were my teammate, I would have beat his ass. Well, the best part is that Narduzzi is always the passive aggressive. Yes. He changes hashtag to we, not me. Now. Well, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So hopefully. I hate him when he's coaching, but off the field, he is. A, he listen, is, I opened up with him. He's as petty as I am. I know. But hopefully, well, speaking of that, did you see their, their post this week? 100 days to the backyard brawl? Yeah. And, and it was the helmets 13, 13, 13 and 9 on the back of the helmets. helmets. I love it. He's brilliant at that stuff. Um, anyway, shout out. We started, I talked about Jared Wayne. He's wide receiver one now. To your point, Tommy, I think Narduzzi's going to do whatever he has to do. You brought this up in a past podcast. You're absolutely 100% right. I talked to the boys about it. They agree. Mumfield is going to have one or more yard. Or Wayne. Somebody's going to have one Every more yard. Every other week, he's going to make sure one of those guys has more yards than Addison you. out of USC. I, I guarantee you. you. He's the yes. wide receiver is going to have more yards. I don't know which one it's going to be, but he'll have one more yard. I promise yes. you. Yeah. And with that, we're going to sign off for this week. It was a little long. That's long all right. Episode. Baby, we yeah. covered a lot of ground. Craig, thanks for joining yeah. us today. Uh, Appreciate it. Having it was good guys. having it you in the room. Wonderful, yeah. It was good. To have you. Welcome back anytime. Thanks, guys.
Everybody have a great weekend, Memorial Day weekend. And let's close it out with any plans for Memorial Day weekend. I may not wake up. I'm, I may just like sleep in until two. Yeah, I, I, I got nothing. Yeah, yeah, sure. I'll be selling beer. Yeah. So. You're open. Are you really? I'm really? yeah. open every day of the year, but it's a big. This is the this well, is the kickoff. You're open Christmas Day, Tom? No, it's the only day. Yeah. But I usually have literally 26 messages bitching me out about why. <laughs> no, you're not. Open hour for me to be closed that day. But uh, yeah, we'll be selling beer. Anybody, uh, anyway, everybody, have a wonderful holiday weekend. Be careful. careful. Yes, don't be stupid. Don't be drinking and driving. Be smart out there. It's his rookie weekend, so be yeah. smart. Good way to end it. Talk to you next week, everybody. Take care.